I'm delighted to kick off this uh, brand new year with you, with this uh, teaching this morning, and uh, rather today. And, you know, uh, the words of the Old Testament prophet, whenever they were in difficult circumstances, oftentimes they would ask, is there a word from the Lord? And I, I think that question actually captures the question that many of us come into 2022 asking, is there a word from the Lord? And I'm delighted to declare to you today, yes, there is a word from the Lord, not just a word from God, but a life-altering word for 2022, provided that you're willing to listen, provided you're willing to honor the word and obey it and execute it. God's got a word for you that will, will serve like a a, 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 a Red Sea opening that allows you to transition into this brand new year to live your best life. I'm working on a series that we're going to come back and roll out in the next couple of days, how to live your best life. You don't want to miss that. But this particular teaching, this word that God has sets up the space that you need to move into that situation and into that life. So let's take a moment and read the text that's before us. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Lord, I pray that you bless this teaching in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'm not unmindful today that many of us enter this year contending with the silence of God. Some of us woke up and discovered ourselves in the midst of tragedy, the unexpected loss of a loved one. We inquired of God, engaged God. Why? Why? Only to get silence. Others have been working through extended periods of suffering in your life. Perhaps it's physical suffering in the form of cancer or, or a, a disease like Parkinson. Perhaps it's mental health as it relates to bipolar or clinical depression. And you've been asking God. You've been engaging. You've been inquiring. And all you've gotten back is silence. For some of you listening to me, uh, you, you, you were inquiring of God uh, in terms of your future. You, you know, should I marry this person or should I not? Should I take a gap year or go to college? Should I go into the military or go into vocational school? You know, you're just really inquiring. God, I, I want some clarity about my future. And yet all you've gotten back is silence. And you've concluded that because God is silent, Obviously, God doesn't know who you are, God doesn't exist, or God just doesn't care about your circumstances. But I'm here to declare that God is alive and that God has loved you with an everlasting love. And my question for you today is, what if the silence of God, since we know he loves you, is in fact God's word for you? And all you need to do is to discover how to decode his silence. Listen, there was a former a columnist who used to work for the New York Times. He once penned these words. He says, sometimes you have to be silent to be heard. I want to suggest to you today that sometimes God chooses to be silent in order to be heard. So I want to share three passages of scripture that will model for us three different ways that God's silence speaks to us. The first is found right here in Genesis. And let me suggest as we review the first three verses in chapter one, that what 
theologians often say is that behind this text is really three stages of creation. The first we note as we start reading the text. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The suggestion is that before God created the heavens and the earth, there existed nothing. Can somebody shout, no thing. That's right, type it in the chat. No backslash thing. No thing. Stage one, nothing. And then the text goes on to say, the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. It is a suggestion there was no sun, there was no stars, there was no light. So this earth is just a swirling ball of water in the midst of frigid temperatures. It's, it's, it's chaotic. It's, it's representation of chaos. Stage two of creation then is chaos. And then here comes an announcement of what I want to say. It's just good news for somebody who's listening to us today. It says, it says in the midst of that case, it says, uh, it says that, but the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. The spirit of God, like a hen, was, was, was hovering over the chaos. I just want to say to somebody, it feels like your life as you enter into this new year is without definition, without purpose. It feels like you're wrapped up and trapped in all kinds of chaos. And it looks like God has absolutely nothing to do with you. But I'm here to tell you, here's some good news, that the spirit of God is hovering over the chaos in your life. And although it looks like God is not at work, he is at work. He's at work. Somebody shout, God is at work. Type it in the chat. God is at work. And then the first time we hear God speak in the biblical text comes here. It says, then God said, audible words, let there be light. And then all of a sudden, light explodes, and from that light comes life, and, and, and out of that life comes boundaries and beauty, and the earth is transformed into this beautiful aspect of God's creation. Because we hear God speak with the words, let there be light. The question I have for you is that before God spoke those words, let there be, how, what, what is the state of things? And I want to suggest to you that there was simply silence. During the period of chaos, there was silence before chaos. There was silence. And, 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 and inside of that silence, I think God's silence said something. When he uttered the words, let there be, his silence, I contend, said, let it his silence said, let the chaos be. His silence says, the timing is not right. Just let it be. Come on. Uh, the, the fulfillment of my purpose has not yet achieved uh, its pinnacle moment. So let it be. Let it alone. Let it be. I want to suggest to somebody listening to me today that God's word to you is let it be. You know, I'm reminded my daughter is now uh, 17 years old. She's getting ready to graduate and go to on our way to trying to figure out what school she's going to. But I remember her when she was six years old. And we were playing this game called Jenga. It's, it's here on the screen. And you know the game. You, some of you may remember it. You know, it's about pulling the blocks. And you try to, you know, try to pull as many blocks as you can without causing the towel to collapse. And so I remember on this particular episode, in this incident, uh, occasion, 
Lauren pull and I pull. Lauren pull and I pull. Lauren pull and I pull. But my block got stuck halfway. And, and, and the tile kind of jiggled. And I thought maybe I could get it out. But it jiggled. And my daughter looked at me, Lauren. She said, Daddy, let it be. <laughs> so we went back. She pulled, I pulled, she pulled. But out of the corner of my eye, I could see that, that towel sticking out. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know what? I, it's just getting on my nerves. It's bothering me. It's calling my name. I need to do something about that towel. And so I, 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 I decided if I couldn't pull it out, maybe I could push it back. And I, I tapped it, and it jiggled again. The towel jiggled again. And, and, and Lauren said, Daddy, let it be. And I said, look, girl, listen here. You haven't even finished uh, first grade yet. Come on now. <laughs> I, I'm in my 40s at the time. I've graduated from high school. I've got undergrad, graduate degree. I've got life experience. I know how to handle this piece. Come on now. I know that if I touch it just right and if I hit it quick enough, come on now, I can get it back in. Come on. I, I, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I tapped it. Boom. The whole thing crumpled and fell. Praise God. <laughs> oh, God is speaking to somebody right now. He said, listen, you know that relationship that you're trying to fix, you're trying to manipulate, you're trying to control, you're trying to make it what, what you think it ought to be. God says his word to you today is let it be. If you keep fooling around with it, come on, you're going to create a bigger mess in 2022 than what you had to live through in 2021. Let it be. She, she says that she's not going to call you anymore. Let it be. He says he's walking out of your life. Let it be. That adult child is moving in a direction that, that you can't shape, you can't control. You pray to God. Pray to me, God says, but let it be. Take your hands off of it. Let it be. Somebody is so focused on yesterday's failure that you're missing what God has for you in the future. God has said, listen, simply confess your mess ups uh, to me for yesterday. And here's what he declares. He says, as far as the east is from the west, that is how far I have removed your sins from you. Let it be. Turn towards the future. I've got a future for you. Come on now. Somebody's worried about the job that you didn't get. Come on. The opportunity that you missed last year and you're pouting about it now. God is saying, let it be. Come on. I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and to give you a future with a hope. Turn towards 2022. I got you. Let it be. So the first word that God is saying to somebody right now, it's, gonna, it's a life-altering word. It'll, it'll open up a Red Sea path for you to live your best life in 2024, this, in 2022, despite the chaos and uncertainty that's surrounding you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let it be. Hear it, listen it, listen to it, honor it, execute it. And then there's a second word that God is speaking. It really comes to us out of 1 King. You know, in the book of 1 King, you read about the prophet Elijah. Between chapter 17 and chapters 19, chapters 17 and 19, you hear this remarkable story. Uh, Ahaz is the, is the king of Israel, the northern kingdom. He marries a woman by the name of Jezebel. She succeeds in persuading both him and the nation of Israel to turn from the God of Israel 
and to turn to false gods. God raises up Elijah and sins, and Elijah confronts the king and his wife. And ultimately, there's a showdown between Elijah, there's uh, Ahab and 400 false prophets standing on one side, and Ahab is standing on the other. I mean, not Ahab, but Elijah is standing on the other side, and it's just Elijah and God. And I reminded of what the words of what Paul taught us in the book of Romans. He declares, if God be for you, who can be against you? Let's put it another way. If God, the creator of the universe, who we know in Jesus Christ, is on your side, it does not matter how many others are against you. And, 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 and the text tells us that God wipes out all 400 of those prophets and Ahab returns home to Jezebel later that day. And essentially, I think he says to his wife, he says, listen, baby. We had a bad day today. <laughs> All 400 of those false prophets are wiped out by God. Jezebel sends what I call an email to, to Elijah. And it simply says this. May the gods deal with me ever so horribly if by this time tomorrow you're still alive. She puts a hit out on him. The text says in chapter 18 that Elijah becomes, in chapter 19, Elijah becomes fearful for his life. And he takes off running he finally comes to a little small town at the edge of the desert, he leaves his servant. He runs a day into the desert and there he falls asleep. And, and before he falls asleep, he says these words. I suspect some of you have said these words. He says, listen, God, why don't you just kill me? He says, I am as good as dead right now. So why don't you? He says this. I have had enough. Come on, is there anybody listening to me that have actually have said those words? I have had enough. Why don't you just take me now? Take me now. Well, the text tells us that an angel comes and tends to him over the course of two days and sends him to the Mount Horeb. And when Elijah gets to Mount Horeb, he goes to sleep that night and he wakes up the next morning and God speaks to him with these words. What are you doing here? Elijah starts off complaining as many of us started this year off, I'm sure, complaining, talking about all the things that are wrong. He, he, here's what he says. He says, listen, God, I've tried to be zealous. I've tried to be faithful. But he says, your people, come on, uh, uh, your Israelites. He, he kind of reminds me of, my, of my, me and my wife. You know, we kind of tease each other when the kids do great. You know, she says, uh, those are our kids. When they mess up, that's your kids. <laughs> <laughs> your people, Elijah said, your people. Come on now. Come on. I'm, I'm trying to do what I'm supposed to do, God, but your people. Uh, yeah, yeah, they have rejected your covenant. They have torn down worship places, all of the worship places dedicated to you across the nation of Israel, and they have killed all of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and they're trying to kill me too. And God says, oh, you haven't heard me. I'm trying to talk to you, man. I'm trying to talk to you. He says, come on, go on out there on the cliff. Stand in my presence. I'm going to pass by, and, 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 and maybe you can hit me. And so the text says, Elijah goes out, he stands. And the first thing that we hear is that there's a mighty windstorm. It's a tornado that sweeps across. But the text says, but God, meaning the voice of God, was not in that wind. And then the next thing the text says, that an earthquake comes and everything is shaking. But it says, but the voice of God is not in that earthquake. And then it says, fire breaks out all over the place. It's, trees are crackling. And then the text says, but God, meaning the voice of God, is not in the fire. And then the text says these incredible words. It says, but after the fire, the sound of a gentle whisper came. You know, the King James Version translates this. It says, after the fire, Elijah heard 
a still, small voice. New Revised Standard Version gets closer to the original Hebrew uh, when it translates that verse this way. It says, it says, it says, it says, after the fire, there was a sound of sheer silence. Now, let me ask you, how does silence, sheer silence, make a sound? Well, the original Hebrew actually nails it. This is what the original Hebrew says. After the fire, there was a silence from God that was so thickly silent until it spoke. The silence spoke. You see the point? You see the point? And, 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 and that's why the next verse begins with these words. And when Elijah heard it, the silence speaking, God's silence speaking, he wrapped himself up. And then the first thing that the silence said to Elijah was this question. What are you doing here? Put it another way. Are you clear about your purpose? Put it another way. Are you clear about your assignment is it possible that you're focused on the wrong thing? And, and Elijah still misses the question because he gets into his, his complaining and says, listen, God, can I just say everything I said a few moments ago all over again? I'm going to summarize it this way. God, I am trying to save your people, but they, they, done, they done plumb lost their mind. And, and, and if I might amplify God's response is this, uh, it's not your job to save the people. It's your job to teach the people. It's my job to save the people. Come on now. Get back in your lane. Be focused. Be clear about why you're on the planet, what your responsibility is. Oh, I know God's speaking to somebody right now. God says, as you start 2022, don't, 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 don't try to handle anybody else's business and don't certainly don't try to be God. Be clear about your purpose, your focus. You don't have to be perfectly clear. Whatever the glimmer is, come on, that's in your heart, lock into that. Let me give you a practical uh, application right here. Come on. Uh, as you ask yourself, what is God? Is, what is God calling me to focus on in 2022? See, can you just write it in one sentence? You know, for some people, God may be saying, focus on moving to the next level in your career. So write that one sentence, move into the next level of my career. And then come up with a practical example of what that looks like as a bullet point. Maybe one bullet point or two bullet points beneath. So if you're going to move to the next level in your career, maybe the first bullet point is, what that means is, you know, I'm going to get to work 45 minutes early rather than 15 minutes late. Come on now. Get there 45 minutes early every day so that you get yourself set and organized and ready to go. And maybe the second bullet point is that you're going to listen to, you know, at least one podcast a week regarding best practices in your field so that you can begin to implement that. What are you doing here? Maybe for somebody else, your, your, your one sentence focus for this year is you're going to move to the next level spiritually. And perhaps you heard my wife in the Christmas uh, letter that we sent out, the Christmas uh, devotion we sent out last week, when she says that, that every day she sets her timer uh, for 30 minutes. 
and she, she, she hits the time and she prays for a few moments early in the morning and then she gets out, she goes to work and when she has a, a few moments of break, she hits the time and she prays a little bit more and she does that throughout the day until finally she comes home and whatever's left on the timer, she prays that out and she says she prays out loud to keep her focus, to be very, to be very uh, sincere and focused in terms of her prayer. Sometimes she's interceding for her family members for other times. She's asking for wisdom for other times. She's asking for discipline for other times. She's asking for insight, but she's talking to God. And maybe you say, you know what? That's how I'm going to take my spiritual life to the next level. The bullet point practical application. I'm going to pray 30 minutes. I'm going to follow what Rhonda did. Yeah. Or maybe for somebody, the one sentence is, you know, I'm going to take my school studying to the next level. And maybe the bullet, the one application you're going, to, uh, you're going to apply beneath that is maybe it is, you know what? I'm going to study for two hours a day when I get home, whether I have homework or not. What that means is if I don't have any homework, I'm going to review and sharpen what uh, I need to sharpen. Or I'm going to press ahead and learn ahead of the curve. But I'm going to study two hours a day. What are you doing here? God is saying, clarify your focus. And it'll be a word altering. This will be a, word, a life altering word that will open up a Red Sea opportunity for you to move into your best life as we come into 2022. What are you doing here? Finally. So the first word that God is saying is somebody's let it be. Take your hands off. Stop trying to control it. Manipulate it. The second word that God is saying for somebody is, what are you doing here? Clarify your focus, your purpose for the year. And the third word actually uh, comes in the form of, of, of John chapter 11. The gospel of John chapter 11. And, uh, you know, it's one of my favorite stories. I've returned to this story multiple times over the course of the last two years. I just find it to be so impregnated with such insight. Oh, it is a word that God has for somebody entering into 2022. Some of you, if you've been around, you know this story almost by heart now, I'm sure, straight out of the Gospel of John. There are two sisters, Martha and Mary. They have a brother called Lazarus. They live two miles outside of Jerusalem in a little town called Bethany. Lazarus takes sick, and they send word to Jesus. Jesus, the one that you love, the text says, uh, he's sick. He's sick unto death. He's dying. We need you to come and, or at least speak the word and heal him. And all they get back is silence. And in the meantime, when Jesus gets the message, uh, here's what the text says. But when Jesus heard about uh, what was said about his friend Lazarus, he said this. Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it's happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive the glory for him. In other words, uh, uh, it, it, it's going to reveal more powerfully, who Jesus is. See, when you talk about the glory of God, you're talking about the glory. You're talking about shining the light. He says what, what's, what, what, what's going to transpire through what Lazarus is going to go through, it's going to shine the light. And people are going to see me for who I am, including those of you who are my followers. Well, then the text goes on and says this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for two more days. And in that period of time, Lazarus dies. Now, I want you to catch this. Although Jesus loved them, he did not respond. They got back silence. He remained where he was. And all they got was silence. Listen, write this down. 
the silence of God does not mean the absence of God's love. Type that in the chat. The silence of God does not mean the absence of God's love. I said it when I first started this teaching today. Listen, God has declared I have loved you with an everlasting love. Nothing can change that. God has declared in Isaiah 43, uh, uh, you are precious and honored in my sight and I love you. Nothing can change that. God has declared to the writer Paul in Romans that there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Come on, shout nothing. Nothing. Nothing can change that. So the silence of God does not mean that God doesn't know your name, does not mean that God is disconnected from your care. It does not mean that he does not love you. Well, Lazarus dies. My goodness, listen, 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 listen. Here's the word that Mary Martha had to learn. Here's the word that somebody needed to hear. God is saying, trust me. Trust me. Can you just shout, trust me? Type it in the chat, trust me. I know it feels bleak, trust me. I know it looks bad, trust me. I know the grief is thick, trust me. I know it looks like, feels like I've betrayed you, I've let you down, like, 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 like I don't really care about what's going in your life, but trust me. Trust me. You know, when I think about Martha and Mary, I think about them representing two different sides of being faithful followers of Jesus. Neither is better or worse than the other. The fact of the matter, sometimes we're Martha and sometimes we're Mary. Four days, Lazarus dies. He's buried. Four days pass. Then the news come that Jesus has showed up. He's coming to town. And I love, watch, watch, watch the different responses here in this text. It says, when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary... She stayed at the house. It was as though Mary said, listen, we were calling on you for some help and you didn't, show, you didn't answer. Now my brother's been dead for four days, dead and buried. Now you're going to show up? I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want to see you. I don't want to hear. I'm just going to stay right here. But Martha, on the other hand, she ran to meet him. And when she got into the presence of Jesus, notice what she says. She says, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. I love this last part, though. She has this, but even now. Can somebody shout, but even now? Can you type that into the chat? But even now, I know, come on now, that God the Father will give you anything that you ask. Oh, isn't that wonderful what she said? You know, Martha represents that season in our life of faith when, when we're able to look into the face of tragedy and horror and still see the soft silhouette of an all-powerful God. It, it is that person who's sitting in the courtroom in the midst of, of a divorce. And, and as you get ready to exit the courtroom, you're saying, Oh, God, even though my life has fallen apart, but even now, I believe you're able, come on now, to restore a brand new season of joy in my life. It is the person, come on now, who finds yourself in the midst of addiction week after week and month after month and everything in you says give up, but you declare, but even now, come on, even at this point, I still believe you're able to do exceedingly and abundantly and bless me with discipline and a program and people to see my breakthrough coming. Come on now, somebody listening to me right now Come on, maybe you've lost your house for some reason and, 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 and you're looking at homelessness and you say, but even now, 
I still believe that you're able to provide a roof over my head and food to eat. The God we serve in Jesus Christ isn't even now God. And there are times when we see God in that way, isn't it? We have all the faith in the world. But then there are other times. There are other times when we feel so much like Mary. You know, Mary, uh, when, when Martha finishes, she comes back to Mary. And she says, listen, I know you're hurt. I know you're upset with Jesus. But the master's calling for you. And so the text tells us that out of respect, Mary runs to meet Jesus. And when she gets there, listen, I want you to catch this. She's literally screaming. And she's saying, it sounds almost like what Martha said, right? She says, identical. She says, she says, oh, Lord. She says, she says, as she falls at his feet, she says, Lord, if only you had been here. My brother, this horrible tragedy, this horror, this death would not have happened. Period. She can't see past the finality. There is no, but even now. The grief is too thick. There's no, no, no seeing that he's still able to do exceedingly abundantly. No, the, 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 the sense of, 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 of being failed by God is, is too great. Uh, the, 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 the obstacle is too huge. Period. How many of you are listening to me as you roll into 2022? You're lost in, the, in that period. That, 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 that you, you walked away from a grave law burying your loved one and, 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 and you, you feel like, you know, you, you, you left all hope in that grave. You know, maybe your career has just been turned upside down and, and you, you, you feel like you're in the midst locked into despair. I mean, all you can see is that period. You know, I think about my friend, Dr. Tony Williams. Uh, as I bring this to a close, Dr. Tony Williams, he was with us this past weekend. If you missed uh, last week's broadcast, I'm going to encourage you to go to our website and see it. You know, she, he, he told the story. I got to interview him to talk a little more uh, it, about the details. He told the story about how for not four weeks, not four months, but four years, he went from one botched surgery, one botched medical experience to the next and landed him in Surgery in the hospital. He stayed in the hospital for months. Multiple times the doctors didn't think he was going to make it. And he finally got out of the hospital. His vagus nerve had been cut. And now then he was, he was relegated to a feeding tube. And as he shares the story, and I've walked with him over the course of these past four years, I know this to be true. You know, he talks about, you know, gagging through the night and, and talks about all the horrible kind of physical things he had to deal with. And, and not being able to get out of bed for days. And he says that there were times when he sounded like Elijah. Lord, I've had enough, enough suffering, enough pain. And, and he found himself lost in the period, you know, you know, had you been here, I'd I, I, I still be pastoring. Had you been here, come on now, I'd still be able to drive my car, still be able to engage with the affairs of life. But, 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 but God, you weren't here. And, and, and he found himself lost in the period. The finality, he could not see past it. And he said, God, why don't you just take me? I'm talking to somebody right now, and I'm telling you that it is never as bleak as it looks as long as God is in the details. 
I'm talking to somebody right now that, 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 that God may not come when you want him to, but, 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 but he's always, as the older people used to say, right on time. I, I'm talking to somebody who needs to hear uh, uh, that, 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 that sometimes the, the long suffering is extended. Come on now. But the text says weeping may endure for the night, but if you can just hold on, morning is coming. And Dr. Tony shares... For four years, this was his state. And then six months ago, he, he celebrated his 72nd birthday. He didn't think he would live to see it, but God blessed him. Come on, six months ago, he started to, even though he's got a feeding tube, he started to eat, feed himself, eat food again. And when Thanksgiving came, the, he ate his first Thanksgiving meal with his family the first time in four years. When Christmas came, he ate his first Christmas meal with his family for the first time in four years. Uh, and now he's preaching at different churches. He's consulting with the, with, the, with the city of San Jose on their civic and religious affairs. He's driving his car. He's playing golf again. Y'all ain't listening to me. Oh, if you had asked him any point during those last four years, he says, I've had enough. He says, it's over. He says, my future is finished. But but, but, but I'm preaching about a God who says, trust me, come on now, because I remain able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or even imagine. And, and Pastor Tony is living a life that he could not imagine. Yes. As he slips into 2022. Oh, yeah. That wonderful story. Oh, Jesus finds, you know, the text says that he enters into the anger with Mary. You know, anger, and Mary is angry and he feels that anger. Mary is weeping. He weeps with her. And this is before he overturns death, but he knows he's going to do it. But in that in-between time, come on, between, between Good Friday and Sunday morning, there's an in-between time. It seems to be unending. And I just want you to know that the God that we know in Jesus, come on, come on. Not only is he a strong God, come on, who can do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask a thing, but he's also a God that will, 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 will enter in and weep with you. Sometimes we don't need a strong God. We need a weeping God. A God that declares to us that I am as hurt by the stuff that hurts you in your life. And then he goes on. The text tells us he gets to the graveyard and he cries out, Lazarus, come out. And he exerts his authority over death. And in that moment, the light shines on Jesus. And the declaration is that he is the son of God with the final word over life and death, and Lazarus comes making his way out of the grave. And the impossible becomes the possible. The improbable becomes the probable. Where there was hopelessness, it is transformed into hope. Where there's despair, come on now, it becomes great accomplishment. That is what Dr. Tony Williams, come on now, is currently living. And that is the God who, as you move into a new year, that is the one who says, Trust me. Don't give up on me. I got you. Or I got this. And so, lean in and listen. For God's life-altering word for this year. 
let it be. Stop trying to control it. Stop trying to manipulate it. What are you doing here? Clarify your purpose, your focus. And trust me, don't count me out. I got this. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, guys, it's one thing to hear a message like this at the beginning of the year. It's a total different thing to take a step towards responding. I want to challenge you to take a step in that direction right now. Aim your phone at the QR code right here on the screen. It's going to take you to the next steps section of our connection card. Next steps with Jesus. And for somebody watching me today, uh, the life altering decision you need to make is to surrender your life fully uh, to the charge of Jesus Christ. Simply check, I want to be a Jesus follower. That will be your confession of faith. It says, I want Jesus to be Lord uh, and Savior and Redeemer of my today, my tomorrow, and my destiny. There are a couple other options there as well. I want to encourage you to consider that and check what's appropriate. And then I hope that all of us can respond to the response to the message. Here it is. I will honor and obey God's word to me. I hope you can check that. If you're not watching the connection card, just raise your hand and declare it. I will honor and obey God's word to me. And then here's a reflection question. Take a picture of it. It's to help you to get uh, deeper uh, into the, what we taught today. Uh, here it is. Which word from the Lord discussed in this message speaks loudest to me? 